Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Amen. Thank God for his word. And if you uh, today, I was looking at how to title my message. And I came up with Inheritance by Grace Through Faith. Rahab. We're going to talk about Rahab in the Bible. She appears in the book, the Old Testament, in the book of Joshua, and then she vanishes. And then she shows up in the New Testament. In your first book, in the New Testament, Matthew, the first chapter, she shows up. We're going to talk about how, hopefully, as we go through this, how God worked in her life and God's plan for all humanity, starting from the beginning. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, can you please open your Bibles with me to... Um, the book of Joshua, chapter 2. We're going to go through the verse, all the chapter 2. Hopefully, go through it fast as we can. Uh, I hope I will not keep you here beyond. Oh, 2 o'clock? All right. Uh, somebody said 3, so so 12 o'clock is not too bad if we do 12 o'clock then. <laughs> all right. So, well, verse 1 through 7. And a little bit of a background here. Um, I believe most of you are Bible scholars, or you've been reading your Bibles, you know the Bible story. The people of Israel, as in the descendants of Abraham, who God blessed and told him that through him all nations will be blessed. And he meant his people, Israel, starting there, and the will and the purpose of God for every humanity is going to show you through Israel, that everybody else will know what is going on and people can turn to God. And God told Abraham that uh, your children, your descendants, I'm going to send them away from this land, this land which is Canaan, which Abraham was living there, and send them to Egypt, away from you, for four generations. So you're looking about 400 years. Then I'll bring them back to the land of Canaan, um, and God had a purpose, knowing that the people in Canaan were not living according to his statutes or what we call the laws and the righteous ways of God. And his intent was to use Israel as his uh, means of punishment or judgment, just like he used the people of Babylon as his means of punishment for his own people. It's interesting how God chooses Israel and says, okay, you be my instrument of judgment to the people of Canaan. They go there, they think they are, they are good. They start behaving like the Canaans. They start behaving like the Canaans that they judge. And God says, okay, your time is up. I'm going to bring the Babylonians. You bring the Syrians. You bring the Babylonians. So sometimes when you read the Bible, and it's fascinating when you start looking at how God dealt with Israel and, and how sometimes we think they are special. Yes, somebody called by God becomes a peculiar nation as God has called us to be. But then... He is a righteous God, and he doesn't just call you by his name and make you peculiar and allow you to just be what you are without being what he has called you to be. So we're going to read about the children of Israel made it through the desert with the, uh, or wilderness with all the mistakes that they did, and God started pruning them like, okay, um, I wish he wanted to take them. Egypt, Canaan. In between, they didn't obey God as he wanted. Then he was like, okay, I'm going to 
explains to you or as you do with your plants when you, you do your garden and you have like tomatoes and they all start growing all together, bunching up, you start curling it. Take these seeds out. God started pruning them, started taking pieces out, started taking the older generation out. Says, I'm going to have a new generation with a new mindset to go to Canaan. Then Moses, the great man of God who led the Israelites, is dead. His time is over. And his servant or his um, confidant that he has been going everywhere with, Joshua, not me, (laughs) is now the leader of Israel. And now they have to cross over to the land of Canaan to fulfill the purpose of God that he promised them as he took them from Egypt. So maybe it could have been a day, but it's been 40 years since the promise of wandering through through the wilderness. And now Joshua crosses with the Israelites. And the people of Canaan hear about these people who have walked through the Red Sea. I mean, who walks through the Red Sea on a paved land? Who gets manna in the, in, the, in the wilderness without having to cook, having to make meals? Who gets water out of a rock? So what kind of people are these? And the people of Canaan are troubled. And God has already giving the people of Israel the victory. Now we're going to talk about Rahab and all this. It is all that is happening. I mean, this Israel is going to be the judgment hand of God, supposed to destroy everybody who has been sinning against God in, in, uh, in Canaan. And now Rahab, I mean, Rahab did something different from other people. And she was in the first city that the Israelites were going there to take over. So we're going to talk about Joshua and his people in Jericho. Joshua, the walls of Jericho. So um, chapter 2, verse 1 through 7, we're going to talk about the Rahab's acts of faith. What she did out of faith when she had a conviction of who God is. It caused her to behave a certain way. Verse 1, now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. And was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men have come here tonight from the children of Israel to search out the country. So the king of Jericho sent to uh, Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who came have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the country. Then the woman took the two men and hid them, so she said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it happened as the gate was being shut, that is the gate of the city of Jericho, when it was dark, that the men went out, where the men went out, where the men went out, I do not know, pursued them quickly, for you may overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof and hidden them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order on the roof. Then the men pursued them by the road to Jordan, to the forts, and as soon as those who pursued them had gone out, they shut the gate. So people from Israel, spies, so some, just like you case out or you, if you're buying a house, buying a car, Buying a book, you go to the bookstore, look at all the different books, okay? Maybe I would like this or like that. 
you're buying a car, you go to the parking lot, okay, this looks like that, can I try it out? Go open the door, look through the inside, no, I don't know, I don't like how the seat is, or I don't like how the console is, um, well, I like maybe just two seats or four seats, or maybe I would like to see like seven people in this car. So the Israelites have to go to Jericho, they have a job to do, they send out people there, all right, go check out the land, how is Jericho built? What can we do to overcome Jericho? And uh, as they get there, these spies, two of them, they go to Rahab, the harlot. I mean, Israel lies knowing the word of God. Even God told them, when you get to Canaan, don't mix up with the people. And if you're going to mix up with somebody, you go to the harlot's house. I mean, I, that's the first thing they did. I don't know what God wanted them to do and the purpose of God, and we're going to know the purpose of God for all this happening. And they went there, and then people heard, oh, there's some new men in town, so we think they went to Rahab's house. Let's go find them out, see what they're trying to do. They come, Rahab says, I haven't seen them. I haven't seen anybody. Actually, they went out when you closed the gate. All right? And then the king and his men went out, started chasing them down the road, hoping that they can catch up with these spies. Rehab did lie. That was a lie. But I think that it came out of conviction. Some things that she believed in herself was happening. She wanted to be on a different side. And she understood what was upon Jericho. Even more than the other people, the kings and the great men of Jericho. She understood what God was about to do. And that made her take that step. So let's look at Rahab's um, confession of faith. That is, what faith and what conviction she had that made her take that decision. So through verse 8 to 11. Now, before they laid down, she came up to them on the roof. So then she goes up to where she's hitting the spies on her roof, like maybe in your attic, if maybe put some flags over them. This time, what do we, would you do? Like what? Um, some insulation put some insulation on them and go like, okay, you hide here in the attic. When everything is over, you can come out. And said to the men, in verse 9, I know that the Lord has given you the land, that the terror of you has fallen on us, and that all the inhabitants of the land are faint-hearted because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites, who were on the other side of the Jordan, Sion and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Rahab, proclamation of faith. Like you would call some, like today, if we go out there or we talk to somebody who hasn't heard the message of Christ and we explain to him what Christ did on the cross and his redemption for humanity, and this person says, Well, I, well man, I, I believe this. What can I do to be saved? And you, you tell him, If you believe in your heart and you are really convinced, you can call Christ into your heart and he will be your God and your Savior. This is what Rehab did. She confessed first what the great word of God is and she proclaimed believe in this God of heaven and earth 
there were gods in Egypt, they were worshipping idols. But Rahab here is making a confession that, verse 11, the end, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Because Rahab had had this conviction and this belief, the woman that you would call a harlot was able to hide the spies who came out of Israel, knowing that she needs to serve the purpose of the God of the heaven and earth than the leaders in Jericho. So, when we look at um, the Bible talks in James about our faith and our acts or works. Not that our works will save us, but if you do believe, why do you not behave this way? If we have believed that the God of heaven and earth, and she has heard that he parted the Red Sea, and he's here with his people to judge the land of Jericho, the land of Canaan, why wouldn't I be on his side? So we as Christians, the word of God is encouraging us, and anybody who would hear this word and turn to God, that our confession of faith should match with our action. For if I believe that um, if you, maybe in Florida, but mostly in West Africa or most part of Africa, if you believe there are mosquitoes in the jungle or in the, in the brushes around you, you make sure you dress up very well in the night, especially when you're sitting outside. But if you don't believe that, and you, you dress up anyway, you can choose not to believe what you want, but they are there. <laughs> and they will deal with you, and if you're not lucky, you might have malaria. So the Israel, Rahab believed that this God is real, and the people of Jericho can choose to fight it all that they want. But by grace of God, and by conviction, she said, no, I'm not getting into this fight. I know what God, this God is, and I'm turning over to him. This is what God is encouraging us to do, and this is what God is encouraging anybody whom I heard about, who has heard about this gospel or Christ to have their minds set on God, turn over, and make that conviction apply in their life. So, looking back to the title, which is Inheritance by Grace Through Faith. By grace, Rahab had this understanding. And as Abraham was promised to be the father of blessing to all nations, Rahab is somehow appropriated or getting this blessing of Abraham, being grafted in even before Romans was written by Paul to talk about people being grafted in by faith. Rahab's promise of salvation. The people of Israel then had a promise to Rahab. And that is what God does to those who believe and live according to his purpose. Let's go through chapter 2, verse, the same chapter, 20, uh, verse 21, sorry, verse 12 through 21. So this Rahab still talking to the spies. Now therefore, I, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. 
So the man answered her, Our lives for yours, if none of you tell this business of ours. And it shall be when the Lord has given us the land that we would deal kindly and truly with you. Then she led them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the city wall, and she dwelt on the wall. And she said to them, Get to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you. Hide there three days until the pursuers have returned. Afterward, you may go your way. So the men said to her, We will be blameless of this oath of yours which you have made as were, unless when we come into the land you bind this line of scarlet cord in a window through which we let you let us down, and unless you bring your father, your mother, your brothers, and all your father's household to your own home. So it shall be that whoever goes outside the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his own head, and we will be guiltless. And whoever is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. And if you tell this business of ours, then we will be free from oath which we which you made us swear. Then she said, According to your words, so be it. And she sent them away and departed, and she bound the scarlet cord in the window. She had this conversation with the the spies. That since I believe, and technically I'm now on your side, I'm an Israelite, if destruction comes, I should be saved. And the people promised her, keep everybody, your father's house, your brothers, your sisters, in your house when, they, when Jericho is being destroyed. Because when the soldiers come, they don't know you, Rahab. They don't know Rahab's father. They don't know your brother. Be in one house so that your, anybody who is in that house will not be touched. But if somebody is outside the house and that person dies from your family, then you cannot blame we the soldiers. If the Lord has called us to be under his umbrella, we need to remain under that umbrella. There's a lot going on around us, and he has called us Christians and those of us who hear his word and come to him to remain in his household under his umbrella. And under that umbrella, we can confidently say, no matter what happens, that the Lord is going to deliver us, and we can trust him knowing that we are not outside his grace. So Rahab had a promise. She had a promise of salvation, and this is what God is also encouraging us Christians, that if we stay in that house under his umbrella, then he is going to deal graciously with us, and uh, we can be saved from all that is happening around us. Then we talk about Israelites were encouraged by Rahab. The Israelites know that God is going to give them the land of Canaan. And surprisingly, our very good, going back, if we can remember, when Joshua and Moses sent out the spies to go to, Israel, to the land of Canaan before the book of Joshua, they came back and they said, what? Oh, the land is with um, good fruits and everything. But we were so small before these people, like grasshoppers, that they are going to just stamp, up, stamp on us and kill us. They were so afraid that the whole Israelites, they wanted to turn back. And Joshua, Caleb, stood up and said, hey, people, God is going to give us the land. Don't worry. Right? Let's flip it. And now let's look at the side, the other side of the story. Here are the people of Canaan already shaking. And these Israelites who saw these great men went back and started screaming, oh, we're going to die, we're going to die, we're going to die. 
But God had promised them, and God's promise and his fear had already entered the land of Canaan, that these great men that these Israelites were fearing were already shaking. They've already lost heart. The Lord is encouraging us Christians to take his word by faith, to move on, to do what he wants us to do, to live according to his word. Because that which is so great and which is like overcoming us, if God will give us the grace to be on the other side and listen to all the all that, that evil or that bad thing is already saying, whoa, that's the child of God. Oh, be careful. And we are already there shaking. The Lord is encouraging us. We should not shake when it comes to his word. What his word says, let, let it be. Because Rehab said in verse 20, um, 21, and it's similar to what Mary told the angel Gabriel when he, he told her she was going to have a child. said, according to your words, so be it. According, be it unto me according to your words. If this is your promise, according to your words, so be it. And these Israelites um, came encouraged when you look at verse 22 through 24. So they departed and went to the mountain and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers sought them all along the way, but did not find them. So the two men returned, descended from the mountain and crossed over. And they came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all that had befallen them. And they said to Joshua, Truly, the Lord has delivered all the land into our hands. For indeed, all the inhabitants of the country are faint-hearted because of us. Because of us, we, the grasshoppers, all the inhabitants of Canaan are faint-hearted. So you, as the, the, the God um, um, to David, use a uh, worm, as the God keeps referring to David, be strong. Don't, don't, don't despise the little things, as Paul encouraged Timothy. The little things that God has started in us. Maybe how little you see yourself, or maybe look at your resources, or maybe you look at what you can do. Trust in God, live according to his word, and be encouraged in this life. For he who is in us is greater than that which is in the world. Now let's look at uh, Rahab's salvation. After all this, she was saved from the destruction. And that is jumped over to the book of Joshua, chapter 6. Let's go to uh, four more chapters. Uh, verses 20, 20 to 25. Verse 20, chapter 6. So the people that is after the Israelites have done all that God told them, march around the city. Six days once, on the seventh day, do it seven times. Bible trivia here, and I, I'll, I'll, that's a question to everybody. And I hope somebody, maybe later after this church or next week, might give me an answer. So God created the heavens in what? Six days, seven days, he rested, right? Told the Israelites, you shall keep the seventh day as a Sabbath day holy. Now they have six days to go around Egypt and the seventh day to do it seven times and shout the victory. How did they celebrate the Sabbath? If they started Monday, they, they definitely have to go to the Sabbath, which is Saturday. If they started Saturday, which is the Sabbath, they have to do one walk. So I'll, hopefully somebody can give me an answer. So Jesus said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And when God gives an instruction in what he has to do, then the Lord of the Sabbath 
and his word is saying, do it six days. Seventh day, do what? Seven times. I don't know when they started Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever they started, definitely they had to go work on the Sabbath day to make that instruction happen. I'm not saying that we shouldn't honor God and rest as he has told us, but there are times when it comes to the work of God and the instruction that we have to be careful with how we apply the laws. Looking at the laws and what is written, is the law, we are no more under the law, but the law is the guide. And when we are applying the guide, we should be careful that we don't make the guide override grace. Grace over, always overrides the guide. But we shouldn't neglect the guide. We need the law because the law is what taught us what evil is. It's what taught us how to live. And we use that as our reference. But let grace always abound. Hallelujah. The, so they did this seven times. So verse 20 of chapter 6. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet that is the soldiers. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man, man, woman, young, old, ass, sheep, donkey, taking no prisoners. But Joshua had said to the two men who had spied out the country, go into the hallowed house. And from there, bring out the woman and all that she has, as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had, so that they brought out all her relatives, left them outside the camp of Israel. But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire, only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab the hallowed, her father's household, and all that she had, so that she dwells in the land of Israel to this day. Not today, but this day that this book is being written. <laughs> to this day, because she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. Then Joshua charged them at that time. Let's just um, end here in the 25. So we can see that the Rahab salvation that was promised her has been fulfilled. Nobody under her household was destroyed. Rahab, and the Bible keeps calling her Rahab the Hallow because that's what she was. And we're going to see that when she's been referred to in the Bible again, that adjective is taken off. Because she changed. Because she believed. And that is what God is working in us and working in everybody who comes to the grace of Christ. That whatever we were known to be, that was contrary to grace. That was contrary to morality. That was contrary to his word. He is changing us with the grace that has made, he has made abound in us. Hallelujah. So Rahab's household was spared. Just like when Paul and Silas were in the prison and they were supposed to be killed in the book of Acts, I think the chapter 16. And then the jailer came through the night. They have been singing praises song. The, the, the doors shook, the pillars shook, the chains got broken. And the jailer was like, oh man, I've lost all these prisoners. 
I'm going to kill myself before I'm being charged for treason. But Paul shouted to him that, don't do yourself no harm. We are all here. The jailer then told Act Paul, what shall I do to be saved? He said, believe in the name of Jesus Christ and you and your household will be saved. Rahab believed in God. Though Jesus' name was not mentioned, or we are not talking about Jesus hadn't yet come, the God of salvation drawing the mind of, mind of all people to him, she received him, and all of her household was saved. The work of grace has been working through the Old Testament and the New Testament. And God always wants us to see this going on. Though we might not be mentioning so much in the Old Testament, but he keeps working. How does he choose to go for the hallowed of Jericho and then save her and her household? That's what God does. How does he choose to go for somebody who might be living a life that we all go like, oh, forget about that person. God does that. And that is what is encouraging us that we who have been come to salvation should remain under his umbrella. And those who have not known that salvation, let's go out there, let's encourage them to come for their household. That child or that person who might be behaving a certain way might be saved and it might not just be them, but their whole household might come to Christ and heavens will rejoice and we will have peace here on earth. Rahab was spared. And let's look, jump quickly as we go through the Bible to see where she comes up again. In the first book of the New Testament, that is the book of Matthew, and chapter 1, verse 1 to 5, Rahab's inheritance by grace through faith. The book of Matthew starts talking about the genealogy, the history. Um, these days you can do a, a swap, a DNA swap, and then test it and tell you where you're coming from. So this is the Bible's way of telling you where Jesus came from. Jesus Christ, our Savior, the one who is truly holy, perfect, according to the word of God. This is his genealogy. This is how he came about. And the Bible promised that he was going to come out of the Israelites. But as we read, we're going to see names of people who were not supposed to be Israelites being brought in. The work of salvation has always not just been for the Israelites, but for all people. And I, I, well, I don't know everybody here very much, but I think we don't have any Jew among us. And if there is, there might be a few. So if you're not a Jew... You are a Gentile, according to the word of God. But by the grace of God, today we've sat here, we stood up, and we've sung songs of praise to the almighty God. The Gentiles have seen a great light, have been shown in the land of Zebulun, as the Bible says. We have seen his grace. Verse 1 of Matthew chapter 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. So you realize that when the lady's name is thrown in there, and it's by her, it doesn't just go begot, begot. So we have Tamar, the first lady shows up there. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Aminadab, Aminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz. By Rahab. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, and Obed Jesse, and we come to David. 
Jesse, the father of David. Rahab is David's great-grandmother. In the book of Matthew, she's not referred to as Rahab the Hallowed. When you go to the book of Joshua, it's always the Hallowed Rahab. Rahab the Hallowed. The Hallowed Rahab, because that's what she was known for. But when she was saved by grace, and her mind and her acts all followed Christ, now she's being referred to as just Rahab. And you, and she, you can, it's just so much you can think about. The Israelites, Deuteronomy, God told them, when you go to Canaan, kill everybody. You shall not marry anybody from the people of Canaan because they will turn your heart away from God. They saved Rahab, bring her outside the camp of Israel. And now we are talking about someone is gave birth to Boaz by Rahab. Somebody out of Israel had to marry Rahab. What happened? Did he, that person, disobey the word of God? No, because that Rahab, though might be a Canaanite by tribe, by birth, but her living is no more of Canaan. Because God's purpose was so that the people would not turn away from him. But now there's a Canaanite whose mind and heart is just like an Israelite. And that is the inheritance that God has given us. We might not be the direct descendants of Abraham, but the blessings of God, the salvation, and all that God has for his children, saying, if our minds and hearts have turned, wherever we're coming from, wherever in the United States, wherever from the surface of this earth, from Africa, from New Zealand, from Australia, from Europe, Britain, Great Britain, no, no, no more part of Europe, no matter part of the European Union, he's saying, if the heart and mind is turned to him, you are his. Hallelujah. And that is what he's called us to be. We thank God for his word. We thank God for amazing grace. Oh, Lord God, we praise your name. And at this point, I would like you to just thank God that he, by his grace, has saved us. That by his grace, he has touched our minds and our hearts. By his grace, he has made us also descendants to have this great inheritance of salvation. Oh Lord, we praise your name. We thank you. We glorify you, Heavenly Father, for letting us know you, for letting your word abide. abound. Give thanks to the Lord for his blessing our lives. Give thanks to the Lord you have brought us and you have made us his children. Amazing. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Oh, I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see. I can see you now. I can see the love in your eyes laying yourself down raising up the broken to life amazing grace how sweet as sound that save a wretch like me. Oh, I once was lost, but now 
see, I can see you now, I can see the love in your eyes, laying yourself down, raising up the broken to Heavenly Father, we thank you for amazing grace. Your grace that is sent out there, the grace that opened our eyes and gave us the understanding, even to be humble enough to accept you, Christ, in our hearts. And the grace that keeps us every day, though through troubles and many tribulations, to still hold on to our confession of faith. We pray that may grace abound for us as sin is increasing in this world. Help us to live for you according to your word. Help us that, Lord, our actions, our desires will match our confession of faith. And let us remain under your grace, under your umbrella, that, Lord, your salvation can even grow from us and touch the whole of our household, our cousins, our brothers, sisters, and everybody around us. Lord, be gracious to your children and help us continue to live for you. Help us that, Lord, we can also reach out as to show them this grace so that they can see now and they can see your love now and they can see the broken being risen to life. We praise your name. We glorify you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.